Look, you started this. All I wanted to do was talk to you. Well, then just leave him alone and we'll go talk. Yeah, where did I hear that before? How about you, hero? Have enough? Come on up here, Jason. Uh, since we were, yeah, that was Karate Kid. That's right. We have our own uh, Johnny Lawrence. Where's Johnny? Where'd he go? There he is. See, look, we call him Johnny, and he didn't even, he hadn't even seen the movie back in the day. And uh, he looks kind of like Johnny Lawrence. Doesn't act like him, though. He, this, this Johnny Lawrence is cool. Uh, Jason Selman. Everybody say hi, Jason. Jason is preaching today because I was on the beach. So y'all enjoy Jason's preaching. Hey, can y'all hear me? How many of you seen this movie? It's kind of old. I think it's, uh, it might be the oldest movie that we've ever used in summer blockbuster series. It ain't. Yeah, it's, it's a classic. I just want to ask you, start by asking you a question this morning. When's the last time you've been in a fight? And I know some of you. Whether you've been charged or or not, when's the last time you or you know have you ever been in a fight? Kobe has. He's four years old. He's got a little brother, and, that, <laughs> and my son. I know they fight. Uh, I have. I don't really want to talk about it, but I'm gonna have to. One night, this is you know a few years ago. I remember I was I was in a bar. And I got into a fight with some guys. What I want to tell you is that in my mind, I had a picture of what was going to happen. (laughs) I was going to walk up to one of those guys. And for some reason, the greatest strength that I had in that fight was my inability to think things through. Because I thought the guy was going to stand there and just let me pummel him to the ground. Just beat on him. But to my utter shock, that's not what happened. What really happened is kind of hard to remember because I choose to not remember it. But as I started walking up to him, he really shocked me. He really surprised me because when I started moving towards him, he started moving towards me. And in my mind, that wasn't supposed to happen. He was supposed to stand there until I did what I wanted to do. Obviously, he hit me too. And the guy was... Quick, because I didn't see it coming. The next thing that I remembered, I was sitting on my butt on the ground wondering how in the world I got there. And I thought, I know he just didn't do that to me. Now, I did mention that I was at a bar, so I don't really need to go into detail what I had been doing with my time prior to this epic battle. I had knocked a few back, not quite a few back. So... What, well, what, what I had in my mind to do, what I wanted to do, uh, uh, it's not really what I could put into action. What I had planned in my head, I couldn't carry it out. 
uh, I wanted to do something, but I just couldn't. When I got off the ground, I would tell my hands to ball up into fists, and my brain was telling the muscles in my arms to just throw, swing my arms and, and form in, into these powerful punches. Uh, and, you know, my eyes were locked onto my target. But by the time everything synced up and connected, all he did was move, and he wasn't there, but it's too late because I've already committed, right? And so here I go, following the momentum of my punches. Uh, you know, I had a hard time keeping my balance just standing still. But with all this flailing around I did, it was really, really difficult. So I just stumbled this way, get up, stumble over here, and then stumble back. I was a pathetic sight. Now, <clears throat> what about you? Have you ever found yourself on the losing end of a fight? Like Daniel LaRusso in the movie, have you stood toe-to-toe with your opponent and found yourself face-first in the sand while your opponent walks away as the victor? Have you ever been beaten? I'm willing to bet that you have. Maybe not in a real physical fight because, I mean, some of you guys in here just look real tough, especially that guy over there. Yeah, (laughs) one that looks like me. Now, I understand that it's hard for us to admit defeat. I get it. It's especially hard to do it in front of a crowd. But just because you're having trouble admitting your defeat, it doesn't mean that some of you ain't getting your butts kicked on a regular basis spiritually. Just like Daniel LaRusso went, to, went man on man, man to man against a bully like jo- Johnny Lawrence, he, and he got creamed, whenever you try to go one-on-one against sin, you will too. You see, our struggle is with sin. It's in our nature to sin. So would you say that you have a sinful nature? So, some, some of you might not be understanding what I'm talking about, so I kind of want to describe what a sinful nature is. What a sinful nature is, you have to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, okay, in the time of Adam and Eve and the first sin. And whether you like it or not, this uh, tendency, this nature to sin has been passed down to you genetically through what we call the flesh. So you've got to understand that you have a natural tendency to sin. You like to do the wrong thing. According to the Bible, those of us that have, have chosen to follow Christ, we have been given a new nature. So we, we have a, a new desire to follow the Spirit of God. But guess what? We still have this rotten old sinful nature that picks fight with us all the time. So inside of each one of us, there's this conflict. On one hand, we desire to honor God. And on the other hand, we want to sin. We desire to sin. Even the greatest evangelist of the New Testament sheds a little light on his own struggle with sin. In Romans 7, uh, verses 18 and 19... Paul says, I know I am rotten through and through so far as my old simple nature is concerned. No matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. And when I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. <laughs> Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever been to the point in your life that you just, you knew you were rotten? You knew that you were despicable? and that you just couldn't do anything right. I've had a, a couple of struggles in my life. Believe it or not, I've been fired from two jobs because of arrests related to my drinking. I've had a problem with lust and pornography so bad that my wife has threatened to leave me because of it. I've made the vows and the promises of turning away from those sins, 
Yet every time I tried to do the right thing, I found myself doing the wrong thing. You see, I wanted to do good, but I just couldn't. I could talk a big game, but in the fight, I was a wimp. So in the movie, Daniel goes up against his opponent, and he thinks he has a fighting chance. You know, and, and you can tell he has a, he's got the fight stance. He has a desire to win. But when, when he tried, he just ended up losing. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, you know, I'm not that bad. I wouldn't say I'm rotten all the way through. You know, maybe you think that you are a good person. I got I to gotta tell you, I'm sorry. I love you too much to let you keep living that lie. You see, the Bible says that all of us are sinners and none of us live up to the standard of God. It also says that if any one of us says that we are without sin, then we're just liars, which, by the way, is a sin. You need to understand that you have a natural tendency to sin. When you leave it just up to you, under your own strength and your own power, you're going to lose. That's the way you're going to go. Just like... uh, you can see Daniel had a natural tendency to lose to the bully, Johnny Lawrence. That's how it is when we face our sin. As much as we don't want to admit it, we need help. We need a champion, someone to fight for us. Let's watch the next clip. You couldn't leave well enough alone. Could you, little twerp? No, you had to push it. Now you're gonna pay. Oh, go on, sweetheart. How about a front kick, Johnny? Get him up. Hey, leave him alone, man. He's had enough. Shut up, Bobby. Look at him, Dutch. He can't even stand up. So what? That don't mean squat. Johnny, leave him alone, man. He's had enough. I'm besides when he's had enough, man. What is wrong with you, Johnny? An enemy deserves no mercy. Right, right, right. You're crazy, man. Yeah. Johnny, Bobby, get him. Get him.
Go, Mr. Biagi. <laughs> Just like Daniel needed to be rescued from his enemies, some of you need to be rescued from yours. The thing is with Daniel, no matter what he did, he, he, he couldn't win. What started off as uh, one guy he had to face, one enemy turned into multiple enemies. Uh, he had no success dealing with the first guy. <clears throat> Do you think he's got a chance when he's been ganged up on like that? In a way, sometimes this happens to us. We, we start off, we got one problem, and we're unsuccessful in dealing with it on our own, within our own power. Uh, it often leads to other problems. I wonder how many of you are, like Daniel, running from multiple enemies. Maybe some of you, it's all that sin in your life starting to catch up with you. Maybe you need a, someone to stand in for you. Maybe you're beginning to see that that you just can't beat this enemy on your own. Some of you could be just ashamed that you're getting your butts kicked and, and you don't want nobody to know. You just keep it all to yourself. And I hope that some of you are asking yourself, how, how do you get out of this mess? I hope, I hope you're asking, who will save me? Because I have the answer. There is only one answer. Our champion is Christ. Romans 7, verses 24 and 25, Paul says... Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin? He says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. I tell you, thank God that the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God for those of you who are like Paul, who could make this uh, accurate, self-descriptive statement of, oh, what a miserable person I am because my life is dominated by sin. Because there's hope for you. Whenever you reach the end of you, and you understand that uh, you're in bondage, then you'll say, who will free me? And the answer is Jesus Christ. You've got to understand that you're not tough enough, uh, that, that there is one who is. Let me tell you, there's a single day in my life. It's both the worst and greatest day of my life. One day, uh, about five years ago, my wife and I, were we were having a fight, which is not that uncommon for us. It's pretty typical that back in those days we had fights on a regular basis. I won most of them. <laughs> that was a problem, man. I didn't win most of them. I just kept trying. We were having a fight and I was trying to leave and I wanted to take, uh, at the time we had two kids, I wanted to take them with me and she wanted to keep them with her and, and we literally ended up playing tug of war over our kids. I put them in the car She'd take one out, and I'd go get the other. And she, by the time I got back to the car, one would be gone, and we just ended up pulling uh, on one of my daughters, literally. And then the cops showed up. And when they told me that, uh, that because of our argument, it got so heated, so uh, uh, aggressive, they told me that my daughter, my six-year-old daughter at the time, was the one that called them. Man, I was crushed. You know, I wasn't a Christian at the time, but I thought I was a good person. I, I kind of had a good suspicion that I was a, a, a pretty bad husband. But I still held on to the fact that this illusion that I was a pretty good dad. You know, I didn't really think I needed this. I had to have a standard to live up to. Uh, but things did get so violent that my daughter called the cops. And when, they, uh, when they showed up, I saw myself for what I really was. It's like I saw right through the illusion. And that day... I literally cried out to God for help. And he saved me. 
Jesus says, I am the way. You guys, you got to understand that there is no other way. Jesus says, I am the way. You're not tough enough, but he is. There's no self-help programs that can do it. More friends won't do it. You're not going to find freedom and a new relationship with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or another spouse. Self-control and willpower, which is the going thing these days, it, it can't cut it, I promise you. Let me tell you, any religion that somehow says that you can atone for the sins in your life through you making up for all the misdeeds in your life, the only power that kind of religion has is the power to fool you. Who will free you from your life that's dominated by sin? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ. You know, the thing is, though he rescues us, and just like in the movie, it would have been a short movie if the movie would have ended when Mr. Miyagi jumped in and saved Daniel. Our lives aren't over when Jesus Christ saves us. We, uh, once we give our lives to Christ, we kind of go in this time period. It's, it's a time of growth, a time of uh, maturing. It's when our training begins. And let's kind of see uh, in the clip that you're about to see, Daniel's been working hard uh, under the training of Mr. Miyagi, and it kind of culminates into this. Let's roll it. I learned plenty. I learned plenty. I learned how to sand your decks, maybe. I wax your car, paint your house, paint your fence. I learned plenty, right? Uh, not everything is as seen. I'm going home, man. Danielson! Danielson! What? Come here. Show me sand the floor. I can't move my arm, all right? What are you doing? What are you... Ow! What? Ow, what are you doing? Now show me. Sand the floor. How did you do that? Shut up! Sand the floor. Stand up. Show me sand the floor. Sand the floor. Sand the floor. Big sucker. Sand the floor. Sand the floor. Now show me wax on, wax off. Hey. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off. Hat. Concentrate. Look in my eye. Lock a hand. Thumb inside. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on. Wax off. Show me paint a fence. Up, down. Up, down. Up, down. Other side. Look, I always look, I. Show me paint the house. Side, side. Lock wrist. Side, side. Side, side. Yes. Show me wax on, wax off. Show me paint the fence. Hey! 
Yes! 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 Show me side to side. Yes! 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 Show me sand or floor. Hot! Yes! 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 Mr. Miyagi said at the beginning, when Daniel was complaining, he's like, you know, things aren't always what we think they are. Would you say that Daniel got a little frustrated? Then he, then he seemed a little awestruck afterwards when he realized that all the work that he, all the hard work that he'd been putting in, he was actually learning something. I think Daniel was expecting to have to, I mean, he was expecting to learn how to knock people's heads off. Maybe he, he thought Mr. Miyagi was going to teach him some crazy flying kicks or flips or something cool. But what he didn't understand, that what his master was teaching him, was exactly what he needed to know. Daniel got mad because of all this training. To him, it just seemed like a bunch of hard work. And I think sometimes that happens with us because when we become Christians, we have these big expectations. We think as soon as we become a, a, a Christian, the guy's just going to, teach us how to do these great things and we're going to be i don't know billy grams or something but sometimes that's not how it works sometimes it, it sometimes it takes a lot of hard work and it's sometimes in the beginning that we become easily frustrated with what god's trying to teach us because that's when you have to put in the hard work we get mad when god doesn't meet our expectations we get discouraged when we don't have it our way and some of us quit I want you to know that you shouldn't worry. Listen to what Paul writes to the church in Philippi. Philippians 1.6 says, There's never been the, slight, the slightest doubt in my mind that God, who started this great work in you, would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus appears. I, I want to get, kind of give you a little background on that. Uh, at the time that Paul is writing this letter, it's, it's su suspected that he's uh, under house arrest in Rome. Uh, and he's writing this, this letter encouraging believers in Philippi, the church there. And uh, after verse 6 and verse 7, he says to them, uh, he's encouraging them, and he says this statement. He says, You have shared with me in the favor of God, even in my imprisonment and in my defense of the gospel. Now, how does that make sense? That a guy who's imprisoned tells in his encouraging letter to the church that you have shared in me in the favor of God by being in prison and by defending the gospel or fighting for the gospel. Does that make sense to you? I mean, it's, it was, it's difficult for me to understand that sometimes. And I think it's difficult for you. I, I think it, it is because we view everything that God's, what he's going to do through the perspective of how 
it's going to affect us or what we're going to get out of it. In short, we, we determine our joy based on the circumstances that surround us. You know, and just like Daniel, if we don't see immediate results, we're not learning what we thought we would learn, and we get frustrated. See, Daniel couldn't see that sand the floor was teaching him how to block low kicks. He couldn't see that wax on, wax off was teaching him how to block punches. Do you have trouble seeing sometimes what God's teaching you? The way that Paul was able to stay encouraged is because that he trusted in the promise of salvation. He could endure being beaten. He could endure being thrown into prison because his focus was not on, on his circumstances. His, it was on the promise that was yet to come for him, which was salvation. I told you that the worst and the greatest days of my life were all the same day. That day I was broken I finally saw past the lie that I had created about who I was. But as painful as that day was for me, it's the greatest day of my life. I am saved. The one thing that I learned, I promise you, I'll never go back to being that person again because the brokenness that God allowed me to go through. Maybe God's allowing you to deal with some things because he's trying to show you that you can't trust yourself. That's what I learned. I'll never go back to being who I was because I can't trust myself. And when you fully understand that, then you know to put all your trust in Jesus Christ. I had a conversation with a guy the other day. He was asking me some questions about my beliefs. It was a long conversation, but basically I just told him that I was a Christian and I believe everything that the Bible teaches. And somewhere in that conversation, he shot out this statement. He said, I don't think that I could follow a God that may ask me to sacrifice my own son. And what he was referring to was the story of Abraham and Isaac back when God had asked uh, Abraham to sacrifice Isaac as a burnt offering. And I was like, wait a minute. You know, you're beginning that story in the wrong place. If you want to understand a story, you need to go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning where God promises Abraham uh, uh, that he was going to be a father of, an, of a great nation. And it's my belief that's what uh, encouraged Abraham to do exactly what God told him to do because not because he was determining uh, uh, you know, his faith on what was going on, but he went back to the original promise that God told him. He knew something, something was going to have to happen because God had made a promise to him. And I told him, I said, you know what? If you can first learn to trust God with what he tells you to do, to do today, then you can worry about those big things you think he's going to ask of you tomorrow. I wonder what God can do with this church. With those of you here, if we just learn to trust and do what God tells us to do today, those big things, they'll come, but you'll be ready for it if you just do what he tells you. Follow his instructions. Do the training that he's given you today. Daniel LaRusso found out that when he would just do what his teacher told him to do, then he was learning something. He had, he had effectiveness. He was growing. Just like that, we also need to, to do just what God tells us to do. You know, even if it doesn't make sense at the time, even if it just to you looks like a bunch of hard work, I, th I promise you, you're going to look back and you're going to learn that you can trust in his training. The last thing I want to talk to you about this morning is victory. Daniel gets another opportunity to face his enemy. Uh, in the movie, he, uh, he gets a rematch. And 
in the rematch, things ain't looking good, okay? He, he's really on the verge of losing yet again to Johnny Lawrence. We'll see what happens. No point. Crap. Hey. Hey. get you going, won't it? By the way, if you want a soundtrack to this movie, just get with Drew McQuistion. I'm sure he can get it to you. <laughs> I think it's, it's a freaking cool soundtrack. <laughs> when, when Daniel trusted his master's training, the thing that he did was he proved it in his actions. When, when he acts and he does what his trainer told him to do, he wins. He goes from a place of defeat to a, a place of triumph. It's sometimes that it's when we're in the middle of the fight, things aren't looking good, that that one act of obedience from you can change the whole tide of the fight, can, can take you from on the verge of losing that fight to a place of victory, a place of triumph. Daniel was looking like he was going to lose again, but it didn't matter. He just kept doing what his master told him to do. Victory is in obedience. 1 John chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 says, Loving God means keeping His commandments. And really, this isn't difficult. For every child of God defeats the world by trusting Christ to give the victory. And the one who wins the battle against the world are the ones who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. What good does it do for you to have all the knowledge in, in all the world if you don't act on it? Nothing that Mr. Miyagi taught Daniel would have been effective for Daniel if Daniel didn't do it. God has given us instructions right here. He's given us a champion in Jesus Christ. The problem is with us, some of us just won't get off our butts and act on it. We know that we all have a struggle with sin. We know that we have a champion in Jesus Christ. And we have an opportunity to train and grow through the Master. And today you have a choice. Loving God means keeping His commands. Scripture says it's really not that hard. If you will trust Jesus Christ to bring you the victory. Victory is in obedience, guys. Did you see the look on Mr. Miyagi's face at the end? It was a look of satisfaction with a job well done. That is a look that I want to see on the face of my champion, Jesus Christ, when He sees me and He sees you victorious, because we're obedient to Him. 
I want him to look at us with a, a look of satisfaction and job well done. And we can cry out like Daniel did. Lord, we did it. We did it. 